There's nothing but the horizon. Perfect and empty. You live in the grip of fear. Fear of storms. Fear of sickness on board. Fear of the immensity. So you must drive that fear down deep into your belly. Study your charts. Watch your compass. Pray for a fair wind. And hope. Pure. Naked. Fragile. Hope. Ready for the archduke of the court of waiting. Let them wait. Go on, Mr. Raleigh. You were hoping? At first, it's no more than a haze on the horizon. So you watch. It's a smudge, a shadow on the far water, for a day, for another day, a stain slowly spreads along the horizon taking form, until on the third day you let yourself believe, you dare to whisper the Resurrection, a true adventure, coming out of the vast unknown, out of the immensity, into new life. That, your majesty, is the new world. What was it like for those disciples to be adrift, not knowing if they would ever see land again? I mean, not having a hope, kind of like those sailors who just are adrift out there on the ocean and, and hope and wonder what day, if there is a day, when they'll ever see land again until there, there finally is that day when, when somebody sees it and is willing to shout out and say, Land ho! For us, this day, to be able to say, He is risen, is the same thing. For us to be able to say, He is risen, creates the opportunity for us to see hope and a new world. Think about those disciples. They had been with Jesus. They had had hope when He was alive. They'd been with Jesus. They'd seen Him do all kinds of miraculous things. They'd been with Jesus. They'd heard him teach and preach. They'd, they'd been part of that whole experience for three years. And in just a few days, it's all gone. It's gone. He's arrested. He's crucified. He's buried. And where are they left? Locked in a room. Captured in their fear. All they've got is their despair. 
Can you imagine what it was like for them when they're adrift in the despair, when they're, when they're locked in the room, and, and all the things that run through their mind are things like, why didn't I? How could this happen? I thought he was the one. I should have done more. You know those words, right? Why did I do that? Why didn't I do this? I could have. I should have. That's where they're sitting. They're sitting captured and adrift. And it takes the grace of God, the advent of an earthquake, for their lives to get changed so that they can shout, Land ho! He is risen. Here's what it looks like in the text. If you go to Matthew 28, it reminds us right away that hope is rekindled, that hope is alive again because we can say He is risen. And it comes straight out of darkness. In the text it says, The Sabbath day was now over. Isn't that great? That time period, that, that experience that they had just walked through, that despair, it's over. They, they don't know exactly how, but it, it's over. Now it unfolds. It was dawn on the first day of the week, and Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a powerful earthquake. An angel of the Lord came down from heaven. The angel went to the tomb, and he rolled back the stone, and he sat on it. And his body shone like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. Isn't it interesting? In the text, it takes an earthquake. It, it takes an earthquake to roll back the stone. It takes an earthquake to get their attention. That's sometimes the way it is, isn't it? I mean... Sometimes it takes an earthquake in our lives for us to get what this day really means. For us to really grab hold of what this means in our lives, not just in their lives. Because there are days that you and I walk in the same despair, don't we? There are days you and I look at our own lives and say, why didn't we? Just if we should have, we could have. If we just would have. We look at our relationships. We look at the experiences and we second-guess ourselves. And we're adrift, wondering what's going to come next. And it takes an earthquake sometimes for God to get the message through to us. He has risen. Things are different. We are no longer captured by our past. Our past is defeated. The angel shows up, and, and he shows up with such power, it says, the guards were so afraid they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, don't be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as he said he would. Come and see the place where he was lying. Things have changed. Things have changed. In that earthquake experience, in that, that advent of God on that day, all of a sudden everything that was despair is now changed. Come and look at it. Just take examine it. Take it serious. Think about what we're sharing with you this morning. Take a look at it. Run it through the gears of your mind and your spirit this morning. Try to get a grip on it and understand what does it mean to say, He is risen, land ho. For those who went in, the uh, angel came to them and said, Listen, go quickly. Tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead. He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see Him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb. They were afraid, but they were filled with joy. And they ran to tell the disciples, something has changed. 
Because we can say he is risen, it means we are no longer captured by our past. We're no longer defined by the faults and the failures of our past. I mean, that's what it meant for the disciples. Can you imagine what it was like for Peter? For Peter, when when those women came back and, and said, he's alive, can you imagine what Peter was thinking in those moments? I mean, remember, he's the guy that went and tried to follow Jesus, and, and when, a, when a young girl said, you're one of those, aren't you? He said three times, no, no, don't know the man, no, not, not, don't know the man. Can you imagine the despair that had captured him in the darkness that overwhelmed his life? In the Gospel of Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, the angel says, go and tell the disciples, and by the way, tell Peter, tell Peter. Peter, are you listening this day? Peter, are you listening? There's an earthquake that's happened. There's an earthquake that's happened. The earthquake of God's grace adventing into our world and our lives so that we can say today, He is risen. My past no longer controls me. If you listen to Paul in Colossians, Paul says, And when you were baptized, it was the same as. Same as. It was the same as being buried with Christ. When you were raised to life because you had faith in the power of God who raised Christ from death, you were dead because you were sinful and you were not God's people. But God let Christ make you alive when he forgave all of our sins. Land ho, he is risen. There is a new world. We are no longer captured by our past. There is the opportunity for us to say he is risen that we now have a Savior. And that Savior changes everything in our world. Paul says, some of you used to do those things. Right before this, he gives a whole list of all the things that people used to do contrary to God's desire and will. He gives a whole list of things that uh, people used to be enslaved by and captured by. Notice what he says. So some of you used to do those things, but your sins were washed away. You were made holy. You were made right with God. All of that was done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Things have changed. Our world is different. We don't have to be captured by that despair anymore. We don't have to live by that darkness anymore. Whatever's going on in your life right now, whatever's going on in your marriage right now, whatever's going on in your family right now, whatever's going on in your work life right now, Whatever's going on in your life before you walked in the room this morning, that's all changed. Because today, we can say, He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. And life is different. How do we know it's true? We know it's true because He always fulfilled His promises. We can have hope about what tomorrow is going to bring now because Jesus is always good to His word. I always find it interesting that, that, that people out there will say, you know, how can you believe all that stuff that's in the Bible? I mean, how, how can you take all that stuff that Jesus said and everything, how can you take all that serious? My answer? Well, I, I mean, don't you think you kind of got to take a guy serious who was dead and came back to life? I mean, this is a guy you kind of want to pay attention to. And even more, not only was he dead and he came back to life, but he told you before he did it that he was going to do it, and then he did it. I mean, he told you. 
Before he was gonna, before it happened, he told you it was gonna happen. He told you he was gonna do it, and then lo and behold, he did it. You go into Mark in the Gospel of Mark three times in the Gospel of Mark, chapter eight, chapter nine, chapter ten. It says Jesus began telling his disciples what would happen to him. He said, "Look, the nation's leaders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law of Moses will make the Son of Man suffer terribly. He will be rejected and killed, but." Three days later, he will rise to life. He told you he was going to do it, and he did it. Don't you think you ought to pay attention to that kind of guy who could defeat death and tell you he was going to do it and end up doing it? You see, this day, for us to be able to say he is risen means everything that's in there, everything that he promised over your life is absolutely true and there's nothing that can make it untrue. He's already defeated death. He's already defeated the power of evil. He's already defeated the power of darkness. He's already defeated everything that can try to take that away. It's true. And you say, well, that's pretty amazing, but how do we know it's really true? I mean, how can we really be reassured? How can we really know that that Jesus rose from the dead. Well, if you go to 1 Corinthians 15, Paul wants to just push out any doubt that you might have this morning about Jesus being alive. He says he was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said he would be. We just talked about that, right? Look at 5. He appeared to Peter, then he appeared to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than how many? Not a bad show, huh? 500 people, line them up. 500 people could walk into the room and say, yeah, I saw him. Yep, yeah, it was him. Yeah, I saw him. It was really him. I, you know, hands inside him. And I, how many people do we need? See, the truth for us today is to say he is risen. And because he is risen, it's land ho and a new world. The past no longer controls us. And everything he teaches and everything that he promises, we can absolutely count on it. We can know it is absolutely true and build our lives on it. The writer of Hebrews says, Our hope is certain. It is something for the soul to hold on to. It is strong and secure. You see, that's the invitation of the day. The invitation of the day is if you say he is risen, that you're also ready to say he is risen to be the Lord and the King in my life that I now surrender and serve him because my past no longer controls me and I know everything he says is true and I am ready to give my life just as he gave up his and serve him with my whole life. That's what we say when we really understand the earthquake. He is risen. Land ho, it's a new world. Ultimately, for us, it is hope alive. Our hope becomes alive because we now have a new kind of future. The past doesn't control us. We are secure in the promises that he makes over his life, and we're confident in what he can do in our life. Now, look. This is so interesting. Look at what the angel says to the lady. Okay? The angel says, go quickly. Tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. I, I read that this past week. You know what phrase struck me in there? What struck me was that now I have told you phrase. 
Like, what's that all about? And it's like the angel is saying, well, well, okay, listen. No matter what happens, I've done my job. I told you, okay, I'm clean of this now. I've done whatever I was supposed to do. I gave you the message I was supposed to give you. Washing my hands here, I've done my job. Sound about right? Listen, I told you, okay? I told you. Okay? And now look, what is the plan? He's told him the plan. What is the plan? Well, the plan, according to the angel, is they're supposed to quickly get over there and see the boys and tell them he's alive. And then they're supposed to get all their stuff together and go where? Galilee. And when they get to Galilee, who are they supposed to meet up with? Jesus. That's the plan, right? They're pretty clear. Angel says, look, I told you, here's the plan. Go tell the boys, get the boys together, get over there to Galilee. Jesus is going to meet you there. That's the plan? That's the plan. Look what happens next. The women were frightened and yet very happy as they hurried from the tomb and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and greeted them. What's up with that? Did Jesus not know the plan? That communication didn't happen? The angel said, but Jesus did. What's up with that? You know what's up with that? It's so simple. Jesus is so ready to make your life new. He can't wait for Galilee. You see, you may think this morning that you've got to get your life all cleaned up somehow. You may think this morning that you've got to just solve a few things before you can get ready for Jesus in your life. You may think you've got to get cleaned up somehow in order to be able to be in that position to let Jesus into your life. Listen, don't wait for Galilee. He wants to be in your life from this moment on. He is not going to wait. He is not going to settle. He didn't rise from the dead so he can wait one more moment. For you to be able to say, Jesus is Lord. He is ready in this very moment to make your life more than you ever expected. Because the past no longer controls you. And his promises and word is absolutely true and secure. And he has more in store for you than you could ever imagine or dream. In the Gospel of John, he made that promise to the disciples before he left. He, he told them up front. He said, I will not leave you. I won't leave you like an orphan. I'm going to come back to you. In a little while, the people of this world won't be able to see me, but you will. You'll see me. And because I live, you will live. He wants you to live. He wants you to live. He rose from the dead, and he can't wait for Galilee. Because he has so much more to bring into your life. He has so much more to bring into your everyday. He has so much more to bring to your marriage and your family and your kids and your work life and all the experiences of every single day. He has so much more. He is so impatient. He can't wait for Galilee. He simply waits for you to say, He is risen. That's it. He is risen. And He is Lord of my life. If you look at Paul in Romans, Paul says, We know that death no longer has any power over Christ. He died and was raised to life, never again to die. When Christ died, he died for sin once for all. But now he is alive and he lives only for God. 
In the same way, in the same way, you must think of yourself as dead to the power of sin, but Christ Jesus has given life to you, and you live for who? He is risen. Land ho. There's a new world. There's a new opportunity. Hope is alive. No matter what's going on in your life, there is a new opportunity as of this day and this moment because the earthquake has taken place and the past no longer controls you and his word is true and his promises will be accomplished and all it takes is for you to say, Jesus is Lord. He is risen and he is Lord. And when you do, you'll discover he won't wait for Galilee. He is ready to be in your life now. Christopher Columbus, great discoverer, discovered the new world we know, right? In the uh, city in Spain where Christopher Columbus died, they erected this uh, monument. And, uh, it, you know, for Christopher Columbus and all his discovery of the new world, everything that went on. What's interesting about the monument is you can't see it real clear here, but if you look uh, on the left side of the monument right there, you see that? that that's a lion. Right Now, on the monument, on that strip, there is a motto, and this motto has been the motto for Spain uh, for years. And the motto is, no more beyond. Okay? So on that, rip, there's, that strip, there's Latin words, and the Latin words are, no more beyond. Because they thought, when they had filled up you know, the, the, the boundaries of Europe, that, that that was it. And then, of course, along came Columbus. What's interesting is what the lion's doing. You take a close-up of the lion. The lion is busy ripping off the first word. What was the first word? No. No more beyond. He's ripping off the first word. What's left? More beyond. Land ho. He is risen. There is more beyond. There's more beyond. See, the resurrection of Jesus proclaims to us beyond a shadow of a doubt. The past does not control us. His promises are absolutely true. And there is more for us. There is more for us to experience and accomplish for the name, the power, the kingdom, and the glory of God. If we just say, Jesus is Lord. He is risen. If you look at uh, the Apostle Peter, Remember that guy who was captured by despair, who was sitting in that locked room, who was saying all those things, how could I? Geez, why didn't I? After, he says, he is risen. He writes these words. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we've been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance. I don't know about you, but I want to live with expectation. I want to live with expectation. If God can raise Jesus Christ from the dead, what can he do in your life? What can he do in your life? He has so much more. If we just say, Jesus is Lord and he is risen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we cannot capture the power of this moment, the incredible accomplishment and the incredible love shown us 
in that experience of an earthquake, in that experience of a stone being rolled aside, in that moment when the past no longer controls us, when we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that your word is true and that you will fulfill every promise and that you have so much more in life for us. Father, we pray today that we can just let go, we can surrender everything, that we can live for you and we can live and accomplish more because you ask us to and because you make the future possible. So we commit ourselves to you now. We entrust ourselves to you and say, Jesus is Lord and he is risen. In his precious name, amen.